0: the following podcast is a dear media production I've got visions
2: in my head. people tell me that I'm crazy like hi guys welcome back to the podcast um, my name is Kinsey I am your host I think you guys are really going to enjoy today's episode because it's a topic that's like talked about but really not talked about or focused on enough, even though I feel like we're always talking about friendships and relationships. I think we really focus so much on romantic relationships and not really on like platonic friendships. And this is a really interesting episode, in my opinion. So we have Danielle Jackson on. She is a certified friendship coach. She was recently featured by NBC News, The Huffington Post, Psychology Today and several other media outlets. She's also on TikTok talking a lot about friendship. We're talking about the power of friendship, how lack of friendship actually impacts our health, how to make friends as an adult. We pulled a lot of questions from you guys because so many of you had so many questions. So we're getting really specific. We're talking about how to be a better friend, how to deal with conflict, when to know when to let go of a friendship, how to communicate your expectations, your boundaries. Um, It's really good. I obviously brought my best friend Dom on and I thought this would be the perfect episode to do because Dom is joining us and we actually have a live show next week. It's May 12th at 7 p.m. We will have the link in the description for you guys to get tickets. It's going to be so fun. We would love for you guys to join. It's a live virtual show. You are not going to miss. Join us for a night of games, prizes, funny best friend stories. We're doing iconic BFF trivia, like taking it back to the 2000s. There's going to be surprises. It's going to be really fun. We've been working so hard on it. So I would love if you guys would join, grab a friend, you know, join the show. I would love to see you guys there. Also, I wanted to let you guys know I've been getting some requests from you guys that you want to see the video side of the podcast. So we did make a YouTube channel. And if you guys ever want to watch the episodes in video form, maybe play them on your TV. I love doing that. Um, I will have our YouTube channel in the show notes. You guys can watch them all as videos as well. We're also pulling old episodes. There's a ton of videos, a ton of content over there. But without further ado, let's welcome Danielle and Dom onto the show. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh my gosh. We are so excited to have you here. Dom and I are here with
1: a friendship coach. Can you explain, like give us a little background on you? Yeah. So, you know, whenever I do tell somebody I'm a friendship coach, then they kind of give me that response of like, Oh, that's, that's cute. You know, because we think of maybe helping little kids become friends and it feels very like childlike, but I actually was a high school English teacher for six years. So I was teaching juniors and seniors. And while I was there, you know, between classes. I hear, you know, young women talking about the drama and after school, they'd come to me. And so when I left education, I got into public relations and I made the foolish mistake of thinking that the drama was for teenage girls. Because then when I got into public relations and I'm talking to like high powered women who are like vice president of startups, once we get one-on-one, they're confiding in me that maybe they don't have any friends at all because they're so career focused or because they lost themselves after the baby or whatever. But that's when I had a moment of like, wow, like at any stage of womanhood, friendship is probably going to be an issue, like something you're trying to figure out. And so I went home that night uh, when I, after having a conversation uh, with a client and I started going on Amazon and I'm like looking up like, okay, friendship books, friendship, and there's virtually nothing. If you saw anything, it had like some cutesy little cartoon on the cover for kids about like friendship bracelets, but there was like nothing to help us through. And so I thought for women, why are there so many resources on how to be a good partner, how to be a boss in the boardroom? how to have mom life. And there's nothing to support us with our friendships. And so, you know, I got certified, did all the things. And so now women can bring me on to help coach them through some of their biggest friendship issues, including making friends in a new city or making friends with anxiety, um, navigating conflict or releasing friends, you know, with grace and without the drama. And so the same way you can get a coach for anything else, you can get a friendship coach to help you through your issues with your platonic relationships.
0: I could tear up hearing that. I really think that's so beautiful. And you really hit on a great point as to, I think it's so true that especially women, it's focused on like how to get a man, how to, you know, be success driven, but we never focus on what do we need surrounding us as far as support. Like for me right now, I'm single and really all I have are my friends. And I think that having of friendship in your 20s and like navigating that season of sometimes we're dating, sometimes we're single, but keeping good relationship with your friends is so important. And honestly, it didn't even hit my mind until you said it. There's not really guidebooks to tell us how to be a good friend in our 20s and what to look for when we want a good friend, you know? It's almost not
2: prioritized either. And I see that, especially with, you know, like mentors or people I really respect in the space who are really successful. And I think something that's dropped almost the first thing that's dropped is friendships when they're like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, building a brand or whatever that might be. That's not something I want. I don't want to get to the top and like be by myself. But the number one thing that people were asking when I posted that we were going to record on Instagram was how to make friends in a new city. What would your tips be for someone in their early twenties or really, I guess, any age
1: trying to make friends in a new city? That's a great question. That's probably like the number one question. Um, well first, you know, especially for those of us, I'm saying us, like I'm in that group. I'm not, for those of you who are in your twenties, if you start to look around and think, wait a second, my friendships are changing. That's normal because research tells us that once you hit 25, your friendship groups begin to shrink very rapidly. Like until that point, they're growing exponentially, but then it starts to go down, which makes sense. People start to get very goal-focused. They are moving for their careers and you're removed from institutions like, you know, school and college, which had you sitting next to a group of your peers all day long. And so with all that stuff removed, you realize, oh, wait a second, where do my friends go? But you've never had, had to practice being friends, you never had to hunt and go find people before. And so we're kind of out here totally unequipped. Whenever you move to a new city, of course, the first thing we notice is like, okay, I moved, but I, I feel lonely. And so there are a couple of things you could do. The first thing I like to start with is this one because it's a mindset thing, you know. So at the risk of sounding life coaches it starts with your mind. But the first thing I like to suggest is the phrase meeting new people. It's not the same thing as making new friends because making friends is the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. And who says that process has to start from scratch? So a lot of us are sitting on great prospects for friendship, but we've dismissed them as like, too corny, too old, too young, too weird, not weird enough. And so some of us know people who are maybe friends of friends in that city, but we don't look at them as viable options. So I like to say, start there. Can you strike up something with somebody who you already have some kind of background, some kind of like middle ground, you both know somebody and start there. Um, The second thing I like to suggest is I know we think a lot of these like online community groups like meetup.com are like kind of corny and we're tired of like hearing about it, like, oh, go online. But the reason I like these kinds of groups is because everybody's there for the same reason, like they all signed up because they want friends. So it kind of helps to remove that fear of rejection where you put yourself out there and you're like, am I going to look clingy desperate if I go up to this person? there's some kind of baseline. They're all there because they want to meet people. So you can remove that. And then the second thing i like to suggest with that is that you go, you force yourself to go like two or three times. Because a lot of times we'll go once and we're like, oh, I didn't find my people. Like I wasn't vibing with anybody and we never go back. And if we keep looking for butterflies every single time, like in the first conversation, you know, sometimes we might like run out of options. So give yourself a chance to breed familiarity with this person. If I see you two, three times, now I can be like, hey, you know, you mentioned last month when I saw you that your dog was sick, is, is everything okay? But like, I have something to like work with you on. Um, so the online groups can be really helpful. I also like leveraging your super connector friends. So these are our friends who are typically extroverts and they thrive on bringing different people together. So, you know, you've seen them at parties. They're like, Hey, Samantha, this is my friend, Kenzie. Hey. And like, they love that stuff. Everybody knows the person. So why not text that person? be super honest and say, listen, I'm in a new city and I know you're here too. And every time I see you, you always know what's going on. You always have a bunch of friends around you and I'm trying to get plugged in. Like, are you going to anything coming up that I can like join you with? Or do you have any like recommendations of things I should check out? Because you always know like the hot spots, but like, why not leverage the energy and the extroversion of a person who loves that stuff and just kind of like, Right on their coattails, you know, that's one way too. So um, there are lots of ways. We created like a whole ebook on Amazon to help, but those are like some free that can help get a lot of us started.
2: Okay, guys, quick break to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, BetterHelp. I talk about therapy all the time. I go weekly, I've gone on and off pretty much my entire life. I'm very open about my journey. And how therapy has really truly changed my life and has transformed me as a person. Even right now, I'm actually going through some books with a friend and we're just talking about what's interfering with our happiness and just like preventing us from achieving our goals, right? And that's why I wanted to talk about BetterHelp because BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're able to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room ever again. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. In fact, so many people have used BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Kenzie. Join over 1 million people who have taken the charge of their own mental health. Again, that is H slash Kenzie. Okay, let's get back to the episode.
0: What's up, family? We are Terrell and Jarius, the host of Let's Let's Go Go There, where we will, in
1: fact, go there every single week. Every Wednesday in this podcast, no topics are off limits for us. We will be pushing ourselves and you to see different perspectives, challenging what you think you know, and have fun all at the same time.
0: So listen, I want you guys to go ahead and buckle up, because going there is going to be the ride of your life.
1: See you guys next week.
0: I know it's hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe because Kenzie's my best friend. But Kenzie and I honestly had a real moment where some of her friends, I feel, felt we just didn't feel the same way about things. Like we didn't have too much in common with some of the friends that she already had here in Texas. And I was like, Kenzie, like, I think I need more friends. And she was like, we'll get you more friends. And I'm like, okay. but I I think that it's really normal to kind of have friendship anxiety of like how to meet people or how to not come across weird to like want to hang out with people. And so for anyone who like struggles with the anxiety or maybe like like you mentioned a little bit, the fear of rejection, like, oh, shoot, what if they think I'm weird and they don't want to hang out with me? What would you say to those
1: people who struggle with that? Yeah. So the first thing, sometimes it helps to like have to kind of like curb our fears with knowing like the facts. And so research shows that, we underestimate how much people like us in the first interaction. So while you're walking away thinking like, Oh my God, I totally bombed very thinking. And she was cool. And so it starts there with, we're really hard on ourselves about the experience. And if we fumbled, so maybe like holding on to that truth can help give us confidence of like, no, I'm beating myself up. I did fine. They enjoyed me just fine. The second thing is I know it's easier said than done, but try your best to be present because a lot of anxiety is we're we're scared about the possibilities of what might happen in the future and it has like not even happened yet. So how much can you try to stay focused and present on the person talking to you right now? And, you know, listen and look them in the eyes and just focus on uncovering and learning more about them in this moment as opposed to, does my hair look crazy? Am I talking too fast? And try to stay present, you know? And then also for those of us who feel like they get anxious in new situations, try your best to script as much as possible. Now this is what I mean, cause you can't predict everything. But a lot of the staples of our conversations are the same. People are going to say, how are you? They're going to ask about your weekends. They're going to expect you to tell some story and then you're going to say goodbye. So you already know. So how do you handle those common staples of conversation? And maybe we can like boost our confidence by being like a little prepared. And so we know how we're going to greet them. We know how we're going to like insert a little story that you like keep in your back pocket. Like when things slow a little bit or the momentum slows down and it's like an awkward silence. What little stories do you have in your pocket that you can like whip out, you know, I always say like on those late night TV shows, Jimmy Kimmel and all those things, you know, when the celebrities come on and they sit on the couch and they like tell a little story, they told that story like a hundred times, but it feels like they are telling it for the first time because we keep stories in our pocket. And that's a part of being a good, you know, storyteller too, but, you know, keeping stories in your back pocket, knowing how you're going to close, how you're going to exit. And so sometimes we can have confidence in like preparing some things can kind of help ease a little of our nervousness too.
2: I think it's really easy to, to kind of sit around. I know in college, this was like a common theme. We went to school together and now we're both living in Dallas. But I remember people just complaining all the time about like not being invited or not having friends. And those were the same people who never once invited anyone else, never made any attempt to have friends, never put themselves in a situation where they would be making friends. So it's also like I always say, like what they would say to us is like to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And I think like putting yourself in those situations are really important. And obviously it's been like more difficult with COVID, but there are things online. I want to talk specifically about leaving friendships with grace. I think sometimes you do just outgrow a friendship and, you know, a friendship breakup can be like more painful than a romantic breakup. So how would you recommend someone navigate that?
1: Yeah. So it kind of depends on like the terms. If that's one of those things where you're noticing it's a friendship fade, meaning there was no fallout, there was no egregious betrayal. But when you look up, you're like, God, we haven't really talked lately. It feels weird, but I don't know. A lot of times I argue that you don't necessarily have to have a conversation on that one. If everybody's kind of doing the same behaviors and we haven't really talked in a while now, unless you want the friend back, that's something different entirely. Cause I'm a fan of saying what you want, you know? Um, but if you're like, Oh, our friendship kind of faded. Sometimes that's what friendships do research tells us that we replace half of our friends every seven years. So you better almost expect that half of your friendships will kind of start to fade off. Um, as you move around and, and, and have different worldviews and you grow and things like that. But if it's a situation where like you are seeing this person and you would like to opt out of the relationship, the very first thing I like to say is do not ghost. I say that all the time. That's a matter of dignity to me to just leave people unread. And then they're wondering what happened to you. So as a matter of dignity, I don't like ghosting. Um, and especially when one person does it to the other it's wrong when the other person doesn't know, Oh, that's what we're doing. So like if we both are are participating in friendship fate, that's mutual. But if I want to leave and this person has no idea. And so I like withdraw, then it becomes unfair because they weren't brought into the loop. They don't know what's going on. And so even though it's normal to have like a breakup conversation with the partner, um, because we know how these things work. Oh, if I don't want to do this anymore, I talk about it. But with friendship breakups, we're like, we, we opt into them very easily and we opt out very easily. And it's like, are we friends? Are we not? And so I'm a fan of saying something and to not necessarily put it on that person. So there's three things you have to keep in mind if you're going to tell somebody, I don't think I want to be friends anymore. Like if you're getting to that point. Uh, the very first thing I like to say is, can you try other alternatives before it's a complete cutoff? So can you possibly try reducing your frequency? Cause some of us were like, man, she's cool, but I can't do her every day, but I can do her like every other week. So some of our friendships will be satisfied if we just said, okay, I can only do you like every other weekend. So can we do that? And then the second thing before cutting off could be, can you recategorize her in your mind? So did you have an expectation of her as like a level nine friend? But really she's a level three friend and not as a human being, like with what she has to offer, but are you expecting her to be like the person you're vulnerable with? And you talk about everything and she shows up for you when really she's just really fun to shop with and you're expecting too much of her. So sometimes it's our own expectations and it doesn't necessarily mean we need to cut her off. We just need to adjust some things. But if you've decided like, no, those two things are going to work. This is super toxic. She pushes my boundaries. I want out. Then you need to say so. I suggest that you don't put it on her. So, a lot of times we'll say, you know what? You're just too this for me. You're too this. You're not this enough. Don't put it on her. Make it about you and just say, like, hey, I'm in a place right now where I don't think I can sustain this anymore. And I'm trying to focus on some other things. And I love you, but I don't think I can give to you in the same way anymore. And yes, it's awkward. And yes, that's uncomfortable. But the alternative is you say nothing you suppress how frustrated you are. You get sarcastic and passive aggressive because you can't bring yourself to be direct. You complain about it to everybody else. So now we hate to see you coming because you're always complaining about your friends. And we're like, just tell her. So it has more consequences to sit on it and be silent than to look her in the face and have a really awkward conversation, but to let her know you want out and maybe she'll be upset, but at least she's got to respect that. Wow.
0: I, I think that's so important. And I think a lot of the times we, you know, when it comes to friendships fading out and sometimes it really has to do with like guilt, you know, when we don't want to address the conversation because we might feel guilty that at one point they were a really positive person in our life and they were that level nine friend who showed up for us all the time. And then like, because circumstances change with you or circumstances change with them that, you know, in your mind, you had to like, like you were saying, kind of readjust where they stand in the totem pole of friendship but really quick as well just to follow up on what we were just speaking on I feel like boundaries and friendships are so important and it's really something I struggle with we got a stalker (laughs) (laughs) we literally got a stalker it's a long story because I didn't have boundaries
2: no also both Dom and I are really warm, welcoming, outgoing. We like everyone for the most part. So the difference is that I have like been in therapy my whole life and like hear about boundaries all the time. And I still have just recently like gotten better about it. But at this point, Dom is also like a people pleaser. So it was just a little bit hard to set boundaries with the situation. And then we ended up in a very like, too much it yeah was too much. it was just bad and honestly a little bit scary too toxic um, yeah just giving
0: context yeah <laughs> thanks Kenzie but I, I guess the reason I mention all of that is because I think when you're young and vulnerable and you're looking for friends and someone's really fun to be around you get overly excited and you almost extend too much to them all at once too early on yeah and then you get to know the real them and you're like oh wait shoot so what are some protective boundaries and some you know I don't even think boundaries are always so much protective but like just some good barriers to have when you're like first meeting someone but you really like them and they seem to really like you and you know you don't just like give too much of yourself away too fast
1: yeah, yeah. So, okay. So there's so much there. And I love that you're asking about that because a lot of, I always argue that a lot of female friendships end prematurely because we're not having necessary conversations. So, since we're not talking, we like, And we're like, Oh no, no, you're cool. But you think about it all night long. And so not talking is ending a lot of our friendships. So this is such a great topic because I think it's the culprit for a lot of our endings. The first thing is we have to rethink how we see boundaries. Cause to your point, you all saying like, well, we're nice people. We're warm people. So a lot of us struggle to put boundaries up because we feel like it's contradictory to our character. So if I think, Oh, I'm a nice person. Like I love people. Then if I have to say, Hey, listen, you know, you can't call me at all hours of the night or you can't call me in the middle of the day or I can't hang out all the time. Now I feel like a bad person. Now I feel like a bad friend and we have to start to get very confident. And wait a second, both of those can be true. I can be a really good friend and really good to people, but also I only have this much to give and I only have this much time and I'm only comfortable talking about these topics. Like all those things are boundaries. I don't want people asking my business when I've only known you a week. That makes me feel weird. You know, so we have to find a way to say, Wait a second, that doesn't detract from me being a kind and warm person. Um, if anything, I always say boundaries are a way of telling people how to love you. This is like if I'm dribbling and I'm playing basketball and no one's telling me we're out of bounds is. So I'm dribbling, I look like an idiot, and no one's saying, Danielle, you can't go past here, like the lines right here. I'd be thankful. Like, oh my gosh, okay, thank you. Because I want to play the game right. So thank you for telling me where the lines are. The same thing should be true of friendship. I wanna love you well as your friend. So I need you to tell me, girl, like these two topics make me feel really weird. And whenever you do that thing, I get really uncomfortable. I should be grateful as a friend, like, oh my gosh, I I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Okay, great. Thank you. I need that data to know how to love you well, as opposed to anybody who gets about you saying that and defensive and like, Oh really? You know, they should not be having that kind of response. And so, you know, boundaries are good because they help you preserve yourself. They help you show up fully in your friendships. And hopefully you're with the kind of people who are understanding and they value that information from you.
2: Spring is here. It is finally getting warmer. And if you're anything like me, you're already making plans to get out of the house and go do something If that's you, then make plans to get out of theaters May 14th with a friend or a significant other to go see the movie Finding You. Finding You is an inspirational romantic drama full of heart and humor about finding the strength to be your true self. After an ill-fated audition at a prestigious New York music conservatory, violinist Finley Sinclair travels to an Irish coastal village to begin her semester studying abroad. Doesn't that sound nice, guys? At the B&B run by her host family, she encounters a gregarious and persistent heartthrob movie star who is there to film another installment of his medieval fantasy adventure franchise. As romance sparks between the unlikely pair, Becca ignites a journey of discovery for Finley that transforms her heart, her music, and her outlook on life. Finding You is the perfect film if you're looking for something to watch that's fun, lighthearted, and funny. So you guys can make plans now to bring a friend, a family member, or even a significant other to see Finding You only in theaters May 14th. For more information or to find a theater near you, visit FindingYouTheMovie.com.
0: I also get scared if people aren't under, I think that's where the most of the fear comes from. And I, I think anyone can relate to this is that a lot of the fear is like, how are they going to respond? And what if they respond poorly? You know, cause that can cause a lot of anxiety as well. And I know it's out of our control, but still in our minds, I think that we can control how people react. Have you like ever had to deal with like how people react or maybe you just had a fight with someone and the reaction was poor and like kind of like pepping yourself up and like being like, no, it's okay, we're gonna recover. Cause it's kind of it's hurtful and it's scary. Yeah.
1: So two things. So that's actually a uh, sometimes a common thing on uh the coaching sessions that I do one-on-one with women is they we realize we get to a point where she realizes she has to put boundaries up and then she's like. But oh my God, but like she's gonna make a whole thing and then she's gonna get mad. And so sometimes we'll go there and I'll say, I want you to outline for me the worst possible scenario. Like, let's do it instead of having the anxiety over, well, what if, what if, what if? And then we become immobilized by all the possibilities. So let's go there. What is the worst possible thing? And then we realize, like, oh, she stops talking to me. Okay. Or, oh, well, maybe she'll like tell all the other girls that, okay. And then how would you handle that? So let's take some time to plan for the worst case scenarios and how can we get comfortable with it? And if you say a boundary and she kind of gets like surprised or defensive, show her that we can move forward. So it doesn't have to be like super intense and dramatic. You can just say, like for me, for example, my friends and I, we talk about everything, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. Me personally, I don't really like to talk about my sex life with my husband, with my friends, even though those are my girls. I don't know what it is, but it makes me like, I get kind of just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> so I've had to say to my girls, like, you know, when it goes around the circle, we're having wine and they're like, well, Danielle, what about you? Do y'all all this like, you know, you now you know, that's my thing. You know, that's my thing. I'm not about to talk to y'all about my man in my bedroom. And so we can, I can say it playfully. It doesn't have to be hold on guys. That's a boundary. You know, like it doesn't have to be so serious, but they know like, okay, they make a little joke and we move on and we continue the conversation and it's fun. So sometimes it's tone, it's confidence. It's saying it with a smile, looking them in the face and then saying like, okay, so are we going to the movies? Like to show them like, let's keep rolling. I'm not mad at you but also we're not going to have this conversation. And so some of it is, is that too, we can have conflict and it can be totally normal and we can move on and still love on each other. But in order for me to preserve myself, I've got to erect some kind of boundaries here. That's
2: really good. I want to talk about jealousy and friendships too. That was another thing that was asked about a lot. I'm someone who I have always had like a lot of different friends and a lot of different friend groups. And I don't do well when I have a friend who's like clinging on to me or like I feel like I have to babysit or like doesn't want me to go hang out with like completely other friends. Like I think it's healthy to have like your own life still. So I don't think I necessarily struggle on the side of like being jealous of the friends. I think that I'm on the other side. And then that makes me like almost pull back more because I'm like, okay, I like just feel like really claustrophobic right now. Um, So on both ends, like one being more understanding and also on the side of jealousy, like how do you think
1: you should go about that? Yeah. So, so let's say that you're the friend who has other friends and you're noticing it's making another friend a little insecure. I always like to, I'm a big fan of saying things directly because for me, there's no time. So like, let's get to it, you know? And so to tell a friend, like, you know, she's like, oh, you're going out with them again. Or some little remark, you know, maybe saying something like, okay, so I'm sensing we're not, we're not jealous of me out with other women. Right. Because you know, you're my girl, right? Like nobody makes me laugh as much as you do. So I, you cannot be replaced, but yes, we're about to go to, I don't know, this happy hour right now. And that has nothing to do with you, you know? So letting her know if you're at all insecure about who you are in my life, you can stop that. Cause you're not, you're not going anywhere. I appreciate you. And you give me something that nobody else can replace. And yes, I'm going to this happy hour and I'll see you tomorrow, you know, so to let her know it's cool. But for the friends who often kind of get jealous like that, I've noticed that really comes from a place of anxiety. So on a recent uh, podcast episode that we did, I spoke with a psychologist who specializes in anxiety and she was talking about the different ways it manifests itself in friendship. And that's one of the forms is getting very jealous about friends, having other friends. And it's not necessarily a territorial thing. It goes back to that root of anxiety. Am I being replaced? Am I no longer interesting? Am I no longer worthy? Is she liking them better than me? Am I not as funny as I thought? And so it really comes from a place of anxiety. And at some point, if somebody's kind of like going down that rabbit hole, they need to get, you know, professional help from somebody who can help because your friend shouldn't have to, you know, constantly reassure you.
0: Yeah, I think that that can be also like another toxic place if you're constantly having to reassure someone and tell them like, no, like, I love you. You're not going anywhere and we're good it can get really frustrating really quick. So, I mean, I think that's so important and really good insight too. Because I think a lot of the times, you know, with friends and finding new friends and also like, Growing apart from friendships naturally, it's really easy to like get in that place to th- also think sometimes like you're the one being replaced. There's plenty of times in my life when I felt like, oh shoot,
1: I'm getting replaced, you guys. They're getting rid of me. They're kicking me out of the house. It's normal because a lot of times with women, especially, and I know I talk about women a lot, and that's because I specialize in female friendship. But with women, especially, like we get very bonded and like close and intimate. And we're sharing things that's going on. So it's natural that if I start to see her look like she's replicating that special thing with somebody else. It does feel a little threatening of like, well, like, hold on, you know, I thought we had a thing. And so when I see you're having a blast with somebody else, it's kind of normal that I feel a little bit, you know, threatened by that, but we have to remind ourselves, okay, this is a different friendship. And also I think it might come as a surprise to some people, but there's like this list that, you know, popular psychologists have put together of like the 13 qualities of a good friend. And I think what surprises people is that the trait of self-confidence is on that list, if you are not confident in yourself, it's really going to affect how good of a friend you can be because you're wondering where they went or you're being a people pleaser or you're letting them walk all over you or you being self-confident in yourself is almost like a fundamental part of being able to be a good friend to other people. And I think that shows up in a lot of what you're talking about right now. That's
0: so good. This is a little rogue question, Kenzie, if you're okay with me going here, (sighs) but I'm curious what is your opinion? I know you like really focus on like female friendships, but what is your opinion on like having
1: like a best friend? That's a guy. Yeah. So I get asked that a lot and I always opt out. I'm like, you know, I'm just here for like, just women, just women. You know what? Honestly, like, sure. We've seen it all the time. We've seen men and women be best friends. I think that's great. I know it's possible. There are tons of like testimonies to people who have, you know, male, female friends. I'm always a champion of female friendships because of all the research that talks about like what we give to each other uniquely. So for example, research has found that when women are stressed, one of our responses is to seek out other women to talk and to process. So, you know, they stereotype like, Oh, are you going to go talk to your girlfriend? And it's like, "Yes." yes. But when we come together to talk, we produce oxytocin, which literally calms down our stress. So I'm always talking about like, women coming together and we need each other's friendship but yes i'm very aware at the end of the day that you know being friends with a man who gets you and accepts you is is totally a real thing that a lot of people value
0: Yeah, I was just curious to get your opinion. I definitely lean towards you where I'm like girl gang for life. I think (laughs) the closest people in your life really should be girls. That might be like unpopular opinion. But I agree though. It's hard. It's really hard to like maintain a healthy and like all boundaries kept like high functioning relationship with a guy, especially when things change When like when you're not single anymore and your relationship status change. Like there's so many different toxic places it can go. So I'm girl gang for life, but I just wanted to hear your perspective on it. And I'm sure some of our viewers, like maybe they don't have a ton of girlfriends. Maybe they're like mostly like guys only like
1: bro gang, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now to that, I believe that a man and a woman can totally be friends, but that whole thing of women saying, oh, this is why I can't be friends with women is something different entirely. I'm sure you've heard yes. that.
0: Uh huh. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Dom's like favorite thing to say lately is like the pick me girl. It's just, like a personality type. And it's the girl who is like, oh, I don't want to be friends with other girls. And I really with guy friendships, I have, like very strong boundaries. And I'm not like actively seeking out guys to be my best friends. I have people that I've grown up with that I've known since I was eight years old, but they feel more like cousins. And there still is a really strong boundary. But like to me, I don't see the point when eventually like I'm going to be with someone too. And then that changes. Like I would rather invest in female friendships. Also what you said about self-confidence being on that list is so interesting as far as like being a good friend, because I was thinking about that earlier. And the number one trait that I can think of throughout, like my best friendships has been a very confident person because I don't do well with the whole like clinging on to type thing. But that's interesting because I wouldn't have ever thought about that directly at all. The last thing I want to talk about is you mentioned something about how lack of friendship actually impacts our health, especially after the past year. I think that's really important. And also we're in a culture of like hustle culture and I want to get to the top and like so only like me, 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 my goals, career oriented, which like there's some good things to that. But I think a side effect like we were talking about is that your friendships go out the door, which I think at the end of the day, like people are what matters. So I would love to hear you speak a little bit on that. First, I'll say that I
1: wonder if it's a little bit of our prioritizing careers, romantic love, over platonic love could be because we are in culture that applauds us for those things. Nobody's patting me on the back for having really strong friendships I've maintained for 10 years, but man, when I find my man, congratulations, that's awesome. And so, you know, I made a TikTok a while back about like, you know, why do we give a hundred chances to like a romantic partner, but like a girlfriend will do something really, like, Oh uh, uh-uh, no. Like why, why are we not as invested? So anyway, um, so I, I, in terms of like lack of friendships and how that impacts our health, I'm happy that we're starting to have conversations about friendship at the intersection of health because friendships are more than like, Oh, who do you brunch with? And Oh, I need some people to like do stuff with those are like activity partners. And that's fun. But friendship is really out here, like making a difference in like your lifespan. And so they have found that loneliness is so bad that it's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day or having like super major issues with obesity or alcohol. That's how bad loneliness is deteriorating our, our bodies people who have um, depression and anxiety. If you talk to them, they are less likely to have a social network than people who do not. So quite literally it's out here impacting how we physically feel our mental state to have friends or not. And I want to stress quality over quantity Uh, research shows that like for teenagers and for the elderly quantity matters, but for that whole middle range where a lot of us fall, quality matters. So for those of y'all who are listening and you're hanging on to like two toxic friendships, because you want friends it's doing more harm than good to be holding them on. Cause you don't want to be lonely. I'd rather you not have them in your life and be searching for quality people who support and affirm you just so that you're not like alone, but loneliness is, is a real thing. And not having friends is really going to impact uh, your mental, physical, and emotional health.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well said. So well said. I mean, This is incredible, Kenzie. I've learned so much. You know, we've been fighting a ton. Oh my God, we have not. Dom just like lives for drama. (laughs) She makes this stuff up 24
2: seven. It's just, we have not. People are going to start believing you. Anyways, thank you so much for coming
1: on the podcast. Where can our listeners find you? Our website is betterfemalefriendships.com and it's got all the things, all the information. um, Also on TikTok pretty actively at the friendship expert
0: amazing beautiful i'm gonna send kenzie there after this episode
1: (laughs) she needs help (laughs) thank you
0: thank you so much this is an incredible episode and i learned a ton you're the best all right ladies thank you thank you guys so much for listening. I
2: hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you all so much. I hope to see you guys at the live show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, join the Facebook group, the Instagram. Um, if you actually, I wanted to mention this, we have been posting the video portions on the, I love you so much podcast YouTube channel. So if you guys want to watch the podcast episodes and video, you guys can, it's on YouTube. Okay. Love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week.